Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome to The Favorites. I am Jeff Schwartz, and this is our parlay show. It is me, as usual, alongside Paul LaDuca and Black Jack Fletcher. And since, obviously, college football is over, we only have two professional games left. Excuse me, three, but two this weekend in the conference championship games. We will cover that. We'll cover Super Bowl matchups. We'll cover some Kyler Murray, some Eagle starter as well. All that fun for you guys. I welcome in my buddies. How are you guys doing today? How you doing, Schwartzy? I couldn't be happier. The Chiefs won their playoff game, and I will be at the game against the Patriots to hopefully end the Patriots dynasty this weekend. Pauly, how was your weekend, buddy? It was good. Congratulations, Sportsy. Are ready for the listeners that have just joined us? I've offered you a bottle of Jack Daniels, twenty five hundred dollars if you go shirt off and shave your chest <laughs> into the KC logo. It is going to be 14 degrees the high on Sunday, the low of seven. I feel like that's not enough money. I know Blackjack would do that. So maybe we need Action Network needs to fly Blackjack out to Kansas City. That's not going to happen. And, and let him shave a Kansas City into his chest and maybe wear the jacket on top of it. And that will be what we have for the Action Network on Sunday. Wishful thinking, my friend. Blackjack, what was your your biggest takeaway from this weekend? Obviously, a lot of a lot of favorites won. All the favorites won. Not all of them covered. Uh, four home teams, four with buys, all winning the games this weekend. Obviously, a big flip from Wild Card weekend. We had three three upsets. Really, does um, this weekend kind of went how you thought it would? Uh, for the most part, for the most part. I mean, I I had Kansas City uh, and New Orleans. The the surprise to me was. New England and just how much they dominated the Chargers. Um, but, you know, Jeff, I, I got to tell you, the biggest thing that I'm taking away from this is uh, Kansas City showed a little bit of defense on Saturday. And if they can do that again next week, I think that uh, bodes very well for them. Yeah, so so about their defense, it's, it's really fascinating. They're, statistically, they're not very good, um, except rushing the passer. They can rush the passer very well. We saw that on on, on Saturday. Um, but at home, they just play better. And, and I, a buddy of mine tweeted me a story that he wrote, and it makes sense, is you know if you look at the offenses they played at home, they, they haven't been very good. Outside the Chargers, they didn't play like a top 12 or, 13, or 15 offense. But they even held those offenses under 
their usual production. So they're playing much better at home. I don't know the reason why. I mean, they only had one penalty in their secondary all game on Saturday. They lead the National Football League by far in defensive holdings and pass interferences. Obviously, Justin Houston being able to rush the passers back healthy has been huge. And one thing that happens when you play the Chiefs is you have to stick to your game plan and offense no matter what the scores. The Chargers did that when they beat them there. The Ravens did that when, when, when the game was close. You have to run the football even when you're down 14 nothing. So I expect New England this weekend to, to come in there with that mindset. Even if they're down early, they will continue to do that. Uh, Paulie, what was your, your big takeaway from the games on Saturday, the Chiefs and, and, the, and, the, uh, and the Colts and the Rams and the Cowboys? Well, obviously going into the Chiefs and the Colts game, that surprised me a, a tiny bit because I had mentioned before, if you would have went into both of those games, or at least the Chiefs game, and said they were going to be under a touchdown favorite after a bye, but the Colts were on such a roll. The power of the bye in the playoffs, basically, in NFL football, basically a field goal away from all four, field goal miss away from the New Orleans kicker from all four teams even covering two, and all... Basically dominating, except again, just Jason Garrett doesn't want to go for two. But um, I don't know. Like you know, Andy Reid finally cracked the code. Oh, to a nine against the spread in the playoffs since the yeah. merger. Him and Marty Schottenheimer. All this going on. Mahomes made a throw, a sidearm throw to Kelsey. He made a catch. Like some of these things that are happening for the Chiefs is just a lot of things are aligning. Now, if they can beat the great Tom Brady and, like, they just somehow just continue to just march and march and march, it's amazing. So so how now is this going to be finally that, you know, like they have that, I don't know, in horse racing we call it that that horse that just always loses by a nose and just can't win. Right. And then finally when they do win, they break out, like, I just have that feeling for Andy Reid for certain. I have, it, this might be his year, you know? Well, it, it does feel like that. He finally has a quarterback that's not Alex Smith in Kansas City, at least, right? He's been successful. Uh, now, yeah, Donovan McNabb at Philly, who's a great quarterback. Um, it's interesting you, you mentioned the Cowboys going for two. I, I don't understand this line of thinking. I, I get there's the math behind it. You know, the, the, they're, down, they're down nine, okay? If they go for two with about with about two minutes left, and they already converted one earlier in the game, it's 50-50 to convert two-point conversions. They converted one earlier in the game. So statistically kind of tell you they probably don't convert the second one. So the down nine, the game is over, okay, with, with two minutes left. You're not coming back from nine points in the National Football League with with the way we have onside kicks now, okay? But analytics people are like, you got to do it so you know what you have in front of you. What do you mean? You, yeah, you know that you're losing the game. That's what you have in front of you. If you're down eight, you know you can still win the football game. I don't understand that. Like, I understand the concept, I should say, of, yeah, you know what you have to do, but you know you're going to lose the game. So what's the point of knowing you're going to lose the football game? Play for the cover. No, well, that's a different. Of course. I'm, was, I'm not talking about that, Paulie. I'm talking about general... Blackjack, do you, you're laughing about it. Do you understand yeah. that line of thinking? Because I'm with you, because as much as I hate Jason Garrett and think he's a terrible head coach, that was absolutely the right call. You keep your team in the game as long as you can keep them in it. If they go for two and miss it, that game is over. If they kick the extra point, they prolong the game and they stay alive. That guy alive. would punt from his backyard on fourth and inches. You don't go for two on the first one. That just doesn't make any no, sense. No, it doesn't. I know it doesn't make sense. Well, they already had gotten missing do, another couple. Do you remember they already, had, they, they already had gone for two? And you're right. The they'd game. already converted one. Yeah, yeah so the chances one, yeah. of converting a second one are, are less. 
Um, no, I just, I know, I know, I look, I wanted to push at least. I had seven, so it would have been nice to, to at least, to at least push. Uh, look at the game. But I always dreamed of this, Schwartz. When you like, like, like want to be like a head coach of a small school, like a college school, you would play for the cover because you would get fans. Like, don't you love teams uh, that cover? Coaches don't oh, you're ever. You're not playing for the cover. <laughs> you're not playing for the Yes, you are. If you have an awful <laughs> team, play for the cover. <laughs> no coaches. You got to like win that. something. You got to win. Jason Garrett hasn't won nothing. Uh. Except he still has his hair, his golden red hair. If he Coach plays for you, you know how many fans covers. he would have got if they would have went for two. You know how many people told oh, you not go allowed, for two. You're not allowed to get. You're not. Listen, allowed to we're in the gambling anymore. world. Play for the cover, Jason. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the games that happened yesterday. Blackjack, you went against your boy and Tom Brady, and you paid for that. I, this game had classic. New England stomping the Chargers. I'm glad I bet New England. I'm one of the only people I feel like in the world that, that that bet them. How much do you regret that play? Come on, man. I don't regret it at all. I regret nothing. Okay? The Patriots stink. They can't win games. End of story. <laughs> yeah, know, it's, won. <laughs> it's, I love it. The best part so, about it was, like, Philip Rivers threw his temper tantrum, like, before the second, the quarter. I mean, like, yeah, he's Blackjack a, he's and I, I think guy. we talked in that game. And I'll, I'm going to ask you this, Schwartzy. Yeah. Were you amazed the pressure that like Kansas City, like I mean, Unreal. I mean, excuse me, the pressure that uh, that New England got on so, Rivers all game. So, so here's the thing about about that game. It was a classic game of people kind of underestimating New England's coaching ability again for the thousandth time. So, Chargers roll in that game defensively. Let's talk about that first. They roll in the game with that with that hybrid defense they run against the Ravens, right? They have four essentially defensive linemen and seven defensive backs. Well, what do New England do? Like they always do. They adapt their offense to what's in front of them. So they they rush the football for a zillion yards. Sonny Michelle had over 100 yards. I think it was 153 yards total. They, they and they ran power. They ran zone. They ran wham. They ran all these different plays that that they run in, in their arsenal. And then to to your flip side to your question about defense. So their front four is they're not the best pass rusher. So so they generate pressure by bringing extra guys. And what they did a good job of, two things. One is bringing an extra guy knowing that, that Phillip Rivers is not very mobile and they played press coverage. And look, they got beat once, but generally speaking, they did a good job play, play press coverage, not allow the Chargers to find open spots in the defense. And the Chargers' offensive line, the right side, so center basically, right guard, right tackle, are very bad. And they attacked them all game with twists and stunts and they left the, and they left, the left side alone. That's good. So just, it's better coaching. They were prepared to play this game. And the Chargers weren't. And it showed, especially early, they're thirty-eight to seven. Yeah, I, I, it's unreal. Brady's the same way. Like I don't know how the Patriots. You just explained it right there. How they they do the same thing on offense. They they pick one guy out, especially if they have a bye. They they find the weakness within those eight days or whatever days, and they just pick on it and pick on it till you fix it. And like you said, they ran through the middle of the defense. Now they'll pick on a cornerback. A cornerback sometimes Brady will literally throw the ball against that guy, their weakness, all day long. And I don't know what happens this week. This is going to be very, very interesting. It's going to be a heck of a football game. I'll tell you that right now because I really feel like these two teams are rolling. You got the maybe the best quarterback of all time. You got this kid that is some kind of player. Um and both two great coaches. It's going to be a heck of a game. What was your guys' takeaway from the night game? I, I was surprised the Saints did not score at will. That was my favorite bet of the week was Saints over 29. I just fell off off of a bye. They would well, they, I mean, the referees cost them like 17 touchdowns on that 11 
minute drive. No, one of the holdings I mean, was really bad. The other one was a holding. The one I mean, on Max they got, they're getting stupid. Was, they, was, I texted Max this morning. I'm a good buddy. And he's like, that's the worst call I've ever had in my life. He said, well, I, I mean, that a couple of the holds were bad at 11 minutes. And then they were missed field goal away from covering the game. They should have covered the game. I mean, it was the right side, and they should have buried him. I mean, the first throw was a pick, but I, I, I get what you're saying. I think the Saints were. Probably the, would you say that they were the least impressive of the favorites? I guess. I don't well, after know. yeah, but look, they they allowed fourteen points early on and then played fine afterwards. Yeah, um, they did. So I think this game against the Rams, they they got their little hiccup out of the way. Blackjack, which side did you take on that game? Did did you bet that game? I was on Philadelphia. There, uh, I had the uh, I had Philly plus plus ten, and I had Philly with, with Chad plus eight. So uh, both of those covered. Um, but, you know, listen, I, I thought the Saints would win. I thought Philly would give them a game. I wasn't really surprised. Like you said, Jeff, you know, the Eagles come out, they put 14 on the board quick, and then the Saints pitch a shutout for the rest of the game. So, you know, as much as it was a little bit more of a struggle than I think a lot of people expected, that Saints defense buckled down. They got it the did. job done for the, for the rest of the game. And their offense sustained long drives. They did what they had to do. End of the day, you know what? The Saints got the win. They're in the conference championship game. No big deal. Yeah, I mean, that's where they want to be. Drew Brees now 6-0 in the Dome. You're right. Got to get the win. However you do it, they got it done. All right, let's preview the championship round weekend. Two games this weekend. Let's go with the first one. The Los Angeles Rams at the Saints. Remember, the Saints beat them 45-35 to early in the year. In my opinion, that game was so long ago, it, I don't, it doesn't really count. I, I know it counts, counts, but like it's so long ago. No no Cooper Cup as well. Shoulder Rankins being out uh, as a defensive lineman, a D tackle for the for the Saints who blew his accuse out yesterday. That's a huge loss for the Saints. This game is at is at three and a half for the Saints. They're favored by three and a half. Over under fifty seven. Um, Blackjack, your initial thoughts on this NFC Championship game? Saints. Saints aren't losing in the dome. As far as the number goes, I'm going to wait on it a little bit because I yeah. think you can catch it at three. We've got 54% of the tickets on the Rams, 60% of the money on the Rams. I think that line will come down a little bit. I'd like to at least get three, if not two and a half. Um, I would also play the over in this game. I think this total goes over. Uh, these teams, you know, the Eagles don't play the same style that, that the Rams do. When these two teams get on the field together, it's going to be a track meet. I mean, it, it just is. It's how they play. It's what they want to do. Sometimes they can't do it, depending on the opponent. These, they're going to be able to do what they want against each other for the most part. I expect a lot of points, and I expect the Saints win. Paulie? Yeah, I, I'm with Blackjack completely here. I think the flavor of the month is Sean McVay. I couldn't have heard the announcers say his name more. They say his name more than the players on the Rams. Um, <laughs> and I think that Sean Payton doesn't get his love. And I think the other part about this is is a guy that's played professional sports like Saints have been there. I know that the Rams got a little taste, but not this kind of taste. Now Jared Goff's got to go into a, a dome um, and it's going to be an extra electric and only three points. And, and it's because of the firepower of the Rams. I get it, but that's a pretty short little line. And I, I just think that, that the Rams get it done. And I think they, they didn't run the football like I thought they would. I got to give the, the, the Eagles credit. They, yeah. they did a pretty good, pretty darn good job, except the second half of keeping Kamara and Ingram in check. I don't think that happens this weekend. I think both of those guys go off for the Saints. 
Yeah, well, the Saints offensive line played better than the Saints. The Eagles have a great defensive line. Yeah. The, the one thing that worries me about and the, the Saints, and I agree with you guys, I think the Saints win this game. Look, they, they, they had their hiccup yesterday, obviously, is, is that they just, they still have not looked very crisp on offense in a while. Okay. They, they had the, the three road games where they didn't score very much, which makes sense away from the dome. Then they had the game against the Steelers where they, you know, they, they had to kind of work to get to that point. Remember, there, there was a kind of a phantom PI that, that led to a touchdown. And then they, they sat their starters in week 17 against the Panthers. So I think that getting the hiccup over was good. Obviously they'll, they'll come out more fired up, but just offensively, just eh, it's been tougher. I do wonder Drew Brees as he gets older, his arm strength yesterday was a big problem. He had Ted Ginn Jr. open for a touchdown in the first play. He had Taysom Hill open later for another touchdown. He entered through both of those. So I do wonder if this leads toward a little bit of an under game because both teams are going to want to run the football a lot. Obviously we saw what CJ Anderson and Todd Gurley did on Saturday. Uh, and then we saw what the Saints want to do, which is run the football more often. Plus, with Tlaib back for the Rams, who was not there the first time they played, Tlaib on Thomas is a good matchup for the Rams. The Saints don't really have anyone else in the pass game. If I mean, Kamara, obviously. So that worries me for the total. I think the Saints win, but early in the week, and you know, obviously we have to do more research on this, I kind of lean a little bit to under, which is probably going to go against what most of the public feels in this game. All right, let's go to the game. On Sunday night, the only game that matters this weekend, the Chiefs favored by three. The over-under is at 57. New England plus 135 with the money line. Kansas City minus 155. Pauly, I'll let you begin on this one, buddy. Wow. I mean, to bet against Tom Brady, right? I mean, everybody learns their lessons here and there in Bill Belichick. But I, like I said, I think this is a game that, um, the Chiefs will win. Um, I think they're just better. I think they're more explosive. And like I said, I, I just think it's their year. I think it's Andy Reid's year. Like, you, you know, so happy for your brother, so happy for you that you get to go to the game. Their offensive line has played very, very well. Their defense has played well the last you yeah, know, a home, couple yeah, weeks. The, they're going to listen. They're going to have to get Brady off the field, uh, but th- here's the other problem. New England's going to have to get them <laughs> off the field, Kansas City. I think a lot of people don't realize that, how ex- just how good they really are. So um, I know Blackjack's got Kansas City because he thinks that New England stinks even though they win, but uh, even though they won, but I-, I think this is the Super Bowl. I really do. I think whoever wins this game wins the Super Bowl. I just don't know if the Rams and the Saints can beat either one of these two teams. Blackjack? Well, I disagree with that part of it because I, I think that the Saints, uh, they, they would be my pick to win the Super Bowl. But I am taking Kansas City. I think they are the better team. I don't think they're going to play some ridiculous soft zone all day and let Tom Brady dink and dunk all over them all day long like the Chargers did. I think the Chiefs will be able to get pressure up front with those pass rushers, Justin Houston, D. Ford. I think they'll be in Brady's kitchen all day long. I'm taking the Chiefs. I'm taking the NFL's new Iron Man, Mitchell Schwartz, to go to the Super Bowl. <laughs> um, all right, a lot of thoughts on this game. Um, I, I like, by the way, I, um, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid betting this game as much as possible um, uh, just because uh, – uh, uh, 
the Chiefs over 30 and a half feels like a pretty good play, just kind of looking at this early on. Um, one thing to consider in this game, and I'm going to write about it this week, uh, so, so be on the lookout of that on my Twitter, uh, at Jeff Schwartz. Um, the Chiefs have, have scored 40 points against the Patriots in 2014 and 2017 and 2018. And a lot of the production, especially the last two years, I haven't gone back to 2014, it has been Kareem Hunt. Okay, now Damian Williams, who's in for Kareem Hunt, has done a good job, and he's caught the ball well, and they've used him a lot uh, in empty formations this year. But he he's averaging only seven yards of reception. Kareem Hunt averaged fourteen yards of reception, so that's been a big key for them. So how do they find a way to get that production out of the backfield against the Patriots? Obviously, they see something on film, which is the Patriots linebackers are slow um, to to exploit that. So I wonder how they do that this time around. I do think as weird as this is, the, the Tom Brady underdog factor, he loves playing it. He played it again yesterday saying, I hear what the media says. Um, but the Chiefs offense should score, in my opinion, at will, unless the Patriots do what I said earlier about the Colts, is you have to stick to your game plan, which is run the football. The Chiefs' run defense is atrocious, okay? Um, uh, but their pass defense is not half bad, and they rush the passer well. So how does New England control the tempo in this game um, are the keys for me. I think the Chiefs will be fine on offense, even though I mentioned the running back issues. But can they get enough possessions to keep up if Tom Brady controls the clock the entire game? I, I look, I can't wait to watch this game. Obviously, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I hope they, they win. Be, I got one for you, Like, would there be a prop? Obviously, there's no. Is, has your brother ever caught an NFL pass, or has he ever had they're a pass drawn the, up for him? He, they're not throwing him the ball. There, like, like, could there be a prop? Like, he catched the first NFL. I'd be like 101. I don't. He's the right tackle. They don't, they they don't put him. At, they don't put him at tight end in goal line situations. And he would tell uh, me if they were doing that, anyways. I so. know that would be good inside yeah. info. Yeah. Tell him to drop a play for Schwartzy. I should have. I should. I should have more inside information from him. But he does know. He does a good job. He knows that that I you know I don't share what he what he tells me. I knew a couple things beforehand. Not for not for camping purposes, but just some things that were happening. Um, I was able to break a couple things that weren't even weren't, weren't even with the Chiefs. Actually, I broke a story one time that was for another team. Before we move on, I want to talk to you about Audible. Could listening make you a better parent, a better leader, even a better person? Could listening to motivating fitness programs get you fit? Could listening inspire you to start something new? There's never a better time to start listening on Audible. With Audible, you get access to an unbeatable selection of audiobooks, including bestsellers, motivation, mysteries, thrillers, memoirs, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, and now, with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. You can even find Football for a Buck, the crazy rise and even crazier demise of the USFL on Audible. Audible members can choose three titles every month, one audiobook and two Audible Originals you can't hear anywhere else. Audible members also get access to exclusive audio fitness programs to start the new year off on the right foot. Listen on any device, anytime, anywhere, at home, at the gym, on your commute, or just on the go. You'll also enjoy easy audiobook exchanges, rollover credits, and an audiobook library you keep forever, even if you cancel. Audible, the most inspiring minds, the compelling stories. The best place to listen, get started with a 30-day trial when you go to audible.com slash action or text action to 500-500 and listen for a change. That's audible.com slash action or text action to 500-500. Okay, back to the show. 
Let's get into a couple, uh, a couple other things. Looking at kind of just some other props around uh, around football and one baseball one. We'll get to a second. All right, exact matchup for the Super Bowl. Um, there's obviously four matchups. The the one I like the best, guys, and I can read them off. New Orleans, Kansas City plus one sixty five. New England, New Orleans two sixty. L.A. Kansas City plus three twenty five, and New England and Los Angeles plus four seven. I like Kansas City and the Rams at plus three twenty five. Uh, obviously, one home team, one road team win this weekend. Plus, I have future bets my, on myself uh, for New England and uh, and the Chiefs to win. Um, you mean New England, the Saints to win their conferences? So I can I can obviously hedge this here. Uh, but I like the Rams and uh, the the uh, the Chiefs for this bet. What do you guys like? Yeah, I'm on I'm on the chalk here, Shorty. I got the Chiefs and the Saints. I think they're the two best teams. I think they've been the two best teams all year. I think that's what we're looking at. Kansas City, New Orleans. I'd love to see that matchup in that dome in Atlanta for the Super Bowl. Paulie? Yeah, I'm going to have to go chalk, too. Uh, I did. I'll take that bet last week, and I I thought, you know what? I I think this is the play, Kansas City in, in New Orleans, because when going into it, everybody loved Indianapolis and like Blackjack said, if you would have said this like four months ago, it would have been Kansas City probably in New Orleans, and it's sort of stayed true to form. And then you go look at the four quarterbacks that are in the, in, in the finals, and they're you know two pretty good old ones and two very good young ones, so pretty exciting, you know? Uh, I feel like we have not had a uh, one-versus-one Super Bowl um, in, in, in quite a long time. Um, so I do wonder if, if we need to look at that and think to ourselves, um, you know, maybe, you know, I think 20, if you look here, it looks at like, there's no real, it looks like, um, 2015, I think was the last time that we had that matchup, which was the Panthers, um, and, uh, and the Patriots. And then, you know, it happened in 2015, it looks like 2015. This is a bad website to use, but, uh, it does not happen recently, I should say. So I, I do like the, the chalk here and you get value at plus 165. I'm going anyways with Chiefs and Rams at plus 325. All right. Another, another prop to look at. And this is, I think, a no brainer in my opinion. Got like a little juice here. Who will be the Eagles starter next year? Week one. Foles is plus 300. Wentz is, is minus 500. I would have taken Wentz no matter what happened this week, no matter what happened the Super Bowl if they got there. Wentz is the better player. He's younger. He's the franchise's future. Wentz will start week one for the Eagles, no doubt about it. Blackjack? You're right. He's going to. Um, I'll disagree with what you just said, though, about, you know, he should be. I, I don't know that he should be, Jeff. I really don't. Um, he is the better player. You're right. But I don't know that he's the better player for that team. I mean, and Nick Foles, listen, we talk about him being younger and more athletic and all this. Nick Foles is only 29 years old. Like, we're not talking about a 35-year-old guy here. He's 29. He's got plenty of football left. And for whatever reason, I, I, it's, it's undeniable that team plays better with Foles under center. I, yeah. I don't know Can what to do there. I mean, I'll I know what they're going yeah. to do. They're going to go with Wentz. But I'll be honest with you, I think it's a mistake. I think Foles is the better player in that system. So let me explain the best I can gather. And I've asked people around Philly about this, but because I, I'm with you, I, I don't, I can't explain it. Like there's no logical explanation. Well, there is one and I'll say what it is. So Carson Wentz is an awesome athlete, right? We know he can, he's built like a, like a quarterback, like, like you want a franchise quarterback. He's got a cannon of an arm. He has mobility. He's got accuracy. He's got everything you want, but that also leads to a little bit of, of a detriment in the fact that he thinks he can do 
everything all the time. He can be the hero every single play. So he doesn't often do what the play calls for, right? He tries to make he tries to make the big play. Nick Foles does exactly what the coach tells him to do. All right, Nick, cover two, hit the tight end here. Hits a tight end here. Nick, hit the slant here, cover three. Hits a slant here, right? So that I think to your point, Blackjack, is what it lo- is what that feeling of the offense just looks better is because it does. It's more efficient with Nick Foles because they do he does exactly what the play tells him to do and no more and no less. And that's why it looks efficient. So maybe Carson Wentz hopefully can take out of this the idea that I need to do a little bit less, maybe, and I can still obviously take shots when I want to. But let's calm down with trying to make the big play every single time. That's the other part of it yeah, is short. in like the uh, the calmness. We talked about Foles is sort yes. of like calm and short, and uh, and maybe Wentz is a little bit more tense in the huddle. Uh, possibly. I mean, look, supposedly Foles like journals before the game. Like that's how he gets ready, which is um, short. Yeah. Let me let me ask you a question because yeah. I, I I find this I find this absolutely fascinating. He's like I said, twenty nine years old. Yeah. He is a year younger than Kirk Cousins. Right. Yet I don't feel like people are talking about Nick Foles pending free agency the way we talked about Kirk Cousins. Like Foles is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Where does he land, there, Schwartz? There, there's definitely it's the way the NFL has always been. I wonder I don't know if it's the same way in baseball, Paulie, but the NFL is very elitist with the way it views players based on two things. Where you're drafted. So like if you're a first round draft pick, you basically will always get a job till your body just dies on you. Like I mean, it's pretty remarkable. Like I was a seventh round draft pick and I did never got the benefit of the doubt, even though I was better than, than players drafted ahead of me in my same draft class because I, I was a seventh round draft pick. And Kirk Cousins is looked at as a starting quarterback, A, right? He took over for, for RG3. So A, he has an advantage as a starting quarterback. Um, he wasn't that highly drafted, but he was, he was, he was drafted, um, and played well kind of early on, right? In his second year. So the draft status and if you're viewed as a starter or not is a huge deal. And he's viewed as an upper echelon starter, which is debatable. And he got paid. And Nick Foles is viewed as a backup, even though I think he was drafted higher. There was a third round draft pick than Cousins was, but he never was, but he was, he was a starter, by the way, in a gimmick, quote, 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 gimmicky offense with, with, with Chip Kelly, which hurts him, uh, I should say. Um, and then he almost like wanted to retire. So add those together, right? He's not viewed as a starter by most NFL. He played in a gimmicky kind of offense with, with Chip Kelly. He wanted to retire. He's been a backup for so many years. Cousins, on, on the other hand, was a backup for one year, took over for RG3, played really well, completes a lot of passes, kind of looks good doing it, and he get paid like, he got paid like an upper echelon quarterback. That, that's where the NFL, the NFL is very archaic in that manner. They don't really look at the player at times. They look at the things around the player. That's crazy to me because this guy is a year younger and he's a Super Bowl MVP and does nothing but win games. If I were the Jacksonville Jaguars, I'd be breaking his door down to get him there. Like well, I, I, the Denver Broncos, yeah. hell, the well, New York Giants. Yeah. The blackjack. We've seen this movie before. I mean, sometimes you wonder the richest men in the world are st- are the stupidest people in the world because. That's why you hire a GM. That's why you hire. We, we all forget Matt Flynn came in, threw for 500 yards, got a giant contract out of football. I mean, football is what have you done for me lately? It's the well, biggest league when it comes good. to that. I and, mean, like, 
Baseball, was, what, yeah. what you mentioned, Schwartz, you like a kid can come up from the minor leagues, hit nine home runs in seven games. He's not going to get paid. He's still got four or five more years yeah. to prove himself. A guy like Matt Flynn sat on the sidelines too for five or eight yards. Boom, got that contract. There's been games that where guys just do this and that, and for some reason, yeah. people think Nick Foles can't play a fifteen or sixteen game season, yeah. a full season. And there are guys that are like that. There's guys that you play with in baseball, especially that hit like two eighty or two ninety with only like one hundred eighty, two hundred bats, and people go, "Well, why doesn't he play every day?" Well. You know what? He hits lefties very well, so he plays against lefties about eighty percent of the times. And if you played him against righties the other eighty percent of the times, he'd probably be a two fifty hitter. So he's not an everyday player. He is a a great you know spot player here and right, there. Right. And I think for some reason Nick Foles has just been labeled that. I guess. So I'm glad you brought up Matt Flynn, and that's what scares people away from Nick Foles is we don't often see a a guy who's been a backup as much as Nick Foles has been become a successful NFL starter, right? Like Aaron Rodgers, everyone points to, but he was a backup for three years, never really played. And then obviously was allowed to play eventually, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a guy that we look at and say that, that that's kind of the Nick Foles thing, right? You're a backup quite a few years and Nick Foles was a starter. And then you become, it doesn't happen. I think people worry that he'll be more Matt Flynn than anything else. He plays with a great offensive line. Now good weapons, a great play caller, great coach, if you go to Jacksonville with a different offensive line, not 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 the weapons, are you going to be the same guy? That's that's in my opinion, is what people worry about. All right, last uh, last topic, and I'm glad we have Paul here to talk about this. This this is pretty wild in my opinion. Kyler Murray, the Heisman winning quarterback of the Oklahoma Sooners, also the ninth pick overall by the Oakland Athletics, has a decision to make. The NFL draft deadline for early entry um, is is tomorrow, um, and um, he has to choose between football and baseball. Now, he in baseball he had a signing bonus about four and a half five million dollars. In the National Football League, if he's a first round draft pick, he will make more money than he would in baseball, at least for the first four years of his NFL life and his first four years of his baseball life. That is that is that is indisputable. It's and and if he were to go to the NFL draft, he would be a first round draft pick. He would not leave. He would not leave baseball for the NFL if he wasn't a first-round draft pick. But here's the interesting part. He told Oakland A's, I will come back for $15 million, which is great. He's got leverage. Use the leverage as you can. But to make that happen, they would have to offer him a big league contract in the minor leagues, which is very rare and has to get permission from Major League Baseball to do so. Major League Baseball supposedly has granted permission for that. So, Paulie, what I don't understand here is he's not like an amazing player in college. He's he's a projection, right? They project him to be a you know an outfielder who's toolsy and, and whatnot, not maybe a power guy. Why would they go out of their way to pay him a, a big league contract? Is it just because of his star name? Well, there's a lot to go in with it. When you sign a big league contract, and it's still you still can go to the minor leagues. They still right. have control over you. So you know he'll probably would start in a ball. It would he'd probably be buying the spread almost every night. Those guys would be making eight hundred and fifty dollars to about fifteen hundred a month, and he's going to be making about uh, whatever four point something million um in bakersfield say something like that'd be crazy <laughs> his his but, single a team by the way is in vermont yeah in vermont it's in Burlington, yeah, the, vermont i looked this up yeah, yeah. so uh, it's a very interesting point i mean because he i always tell people um college baseball is probably the equivalent of double a maybe a little bit less okay 
Now you got to adjust to a wooden bat, which now the, these kids do use wooden bats a lot, but they don't use them every day against pitchers from all over the world. You got to remember now you're entering a world of pitchers from Venezuela, the Netherlands, the Dominican, um, from Puerto Rico, from uh, uh, countries uh, um, that you've never faced that are pretty right. darn nasty, and all of them throw over 95 miles an hour. So for me, his struggle would be a lot harder to get to the big leagues. Um, I've seen a lot of first-round draft picks not even get out of A-ball or double-A. So throwing his hat in a ring and to be a top-five draft pick in the NFL, I think it's a no-brainer for him to go to the NFL, even with his size, um, that he might not succeed. I think the money will be there. But here's the other part about the MLB. The money is guaranteed either way. And if he goes to the NFL, baseball could always be there for him. Where right. if he goes to the MLB, I don't know if Football's NFL done. will always be there for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, Paulie. Really quick before we get to, to Blackjack's comments on this. So, so you're you're in the minor leagues. You you come to the big leagues. How many years in the big leagues before arbitration starts? And then how many arbitration years do you have? And then when do you get to free agency? If you could give like a quick summary on that. Well, it it, it, it depends how long you've been on, but usually it's like three four years. And it was the reason why I signed a, a contract early before. Some guys try to wait it out and go year by year. And so, um, even if he went straight to the big leagues, they have control over him for two three years. That they're, they're called options, and you can get sent down up and down. Um, right, yeah, and yeah. this and that. So, I just, baseball just has more control over you. And like, I get it. His leverage with with this and that. Maybe his love is baseball. And listen, you're still a first round pick. You have to have a ton of talent. Um, yeah. Maybe he is that good. But I, you still need as a hitter. It's different as a pitcher. Okay, if he was a talented pitcher as a first round pick, you can make the transition straight to the big leagues. But when you're an outfielder and you need to learn a lot of different things and yeah. learn the wooden bat, it just takes longer as a as a position player. That's a great question, Schwartzy. Blackjack, what do you think you should do? It's a tough call for me, Jeff, because you know my my initial instinct in these spots is to say play baseball because you know you can usually have a longer career. There's no salary cap if you're really good. I think your career earnings can be higher. It's obviously probably better for your health. But there's a difference if you're going to be a first-round quarterback than, you know, if you're going to be uh, some guy drafted in the fourth or fifth round. My concern with Kyler Murray going to the NFL is his size. I mean, we're talking about the smallest quarterback since Doug Flutie. Yeah. I mean, 5'9 is, is – this isn't six foot saying, you know, Baker Mayfield and Drew Brees are short. This is really short. I mean, what do you think? Is is that a, is a five nine quarterback yeah. a legit player in the NFL? Timeout, Schwartzy. Is he yeah. five nine in the program? Well, that's the question. So, because I'm so, five, I was five ten in the program my whole life, and I I'm not yeah, an inch we, over five eight. <laughs> right. So that that's the question. So most people believe he'll be five eight the combine. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's not it's not even the weight. It, it, excuse me, not even the height. It's his weight too. He's all like 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 Russell Wilson. By the way, is short, right? I think he's five eleven, five ten. He's also like two twenty five. He's built yeah, he's very well. Yeah. Kyler Murray's not. And so the question is, will he get hurt in the National Football League? I I think he would. Now the question when smaller quarterbacks you get to is 
how could he see the passing lanes with big offensive linemen? At Oklahoma, he was fine with that. They have big hosses to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley found windows for him um, to, to, you know, to, to, to throw the ball. But you have to basically be in shotgun the whole game, which a lot of teams do now anyways in, in, in the NFL. Like the Chiefs, by the way, are like 75% shotgun now. That's basically their offense. Um, so I, I think he would get hurt. Um, but if he is a pocket guy, if he can stay in the pocket, that's less chance to get hurt, right? You you only get hurt when you when you run the ball for the most part. But if he's five eight, I don't know if he's a first round draft pick. Oof. Yeah, right. I mean, like that's the other part about it. Now, you talked about does he do this? Does he do that? Now, does he have to go through the combine, or would he oh, even, yeah. even go through the combine? Oh no, he'd have to. Okay, show so up. now he- does now does his draft status go down? Now does he play with like Blackjack is saying? Now is he messing around with the contract? He's he's already been a first round pick. He's he's already a first round pick in baseball. So that's almost like having the girl in the corner that's sort of hot, but you're going for the hotter girl over there in the other corner. But you already got the girl that's real that's sort of hot already locked up. It it does sound very much. You know like what I mean? He, yeah, it does sound very much like like if he <laughs> like if he were to get if he were to end up getting. Um, the fifteen million dollars from um, the A's, he'd play baseball. That's what it feels like it's happening. I mean, it'd be tough to pass. It really would. I mean, and and the A's giving him that much money, um, it might not happen. He might not be in the big leagues in a year or or, or two years. But they're going to give him every opportunity. And here's the thing: I would think the major league contract's going to have in the contract that he will get called up every September. So regardless if he's hitting 180 in A-ball, he's going to get called up and be with the A's at the end of the year, um, which will help him um, eventually. Yeah. And he's going to get pushed to the big leagues no matter what because they're investing that money in him. So eventually he'll get there. Any, any last words, fellas? Blackjack, Paulie, any any bets you eyeing this week? Any any words of wisdom before we get out of here? How have the Knights been yeah. treating you? Yeah, I took a hundred of Chad Millman's dollars this weekend. It was the best thing. Ever. <laughs> you must do. You must do. Uh, took took him away from the podcast. He doesn't like me and Schwartz anymore. Yeah, he's he's just he's he's too busy. He's really in his mansion in Connecticut. He's just enjoying another quiet morning, just probably sipping his coffee, huh, Blackjack? It's that nice that aquanet he puts in his hair. Probably chump. <laughs> What are you guys going to do for your show Friday? You gotta, you gotta only have two games to argue about. You have to find something to argue about. Props? You just going to argue about props for, for thirty minutes? Jeff, we can argue about the weather. I know that it's is fantastic. true. It is does he like? Fantastic. Does, I mean, when he takes off his glasses, fear, does he think he's fierce when he like takes them off whenever he's done with his argument? I don't know what he thinks. He thinks he's intimidating or funny or witty or intelligent. He's none of those. all right let's let's end there thank you for listening to the favorites we have shows every monday wednesday and the aforementioned friday show please download our free action network app today you can rate and review our show and georgina will read your favorite or our favorite excuse me our favorite um uh review on friday's show Paulie Blackjack, thank you for joining me as usual. You can listen to our show on Apple Podcasts, radio.com slash the Action Network or wherever you get your shows. See you on Wednesday when Chad talks to Scooch. Till next time.